You're listening to Man Made Barbecue, the podcast, with your host, Mikey K. Our sponsors are Manbecue and Myron Mix and Smokers. If you don't know who Manbecue is, you better check it out. They're one of the coolest things in barbecue around. We do a meetup on the last Thursday of every single month. Let us take over your backyard. Let's see how much fun we can have. Looking for a new cooker? Look no further than the American-made Myron Mix and Smokers. Maybe you're a backyard enthusiast. Maybe you're a restaurant owner. Maybe you're looking to get into the catering game. They can accommodate it all. So make sure you go over to MyronMixAndSmokers.com and check out your next rig. And when you email them, tell them Mikey from Man Meat Barbecue sent you. So let's not waste any more time and let's get into this fucking podcast. What is up, guys? So we're hanging out with Kevin Coleman from Weber. That's right. We finally got somebody on on from Weber. Um, it's only taken two years. It's okay, guys. We understand you're a big company and you guys move slowly. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, Kevin, I want to say thank you so much for coming out, hanging out with us. Um, and, and we're going to chat some good barbecue. We've kind of already had a little bit of a good barbecue chat earlier, um, a little bit off the mic. So we're going to get into that. Um, so... Man, how long have you been with? How long have you been with Weber? So it's so number one, we're a big company, but I'm only thirty minutes right down the road. That's like true. Said, Come that's on now, it's true. It wasn't like you couldn't find me on it. This isn't like the eighties or maybe it, the forties. Or hey, I got to write a pen pal. I got to. I had to send carrier pigeons. <laughs> we had to send smoke signals that weren't making it. No, um, my name is Kevin Coleman, head grow master for Weber. I'm Worked for the company since I think 2001 while I was getting my undergraduate and uh, master's degree. Uh, Bill Stephen, whose father George started the company, allowed me to come back and work in the summers in our parts store, which was totally awesome. And then Jim Stephen, whose father um, George started the company, was the CEO and president at the time. He created a position doing product training. Um, that's kind of what I started doing full time 15, 16 years ago. And then it's just kind of morphed into this whole. Um, go around the world, teach people how to barbecue. It's, I think now we're in 15 different countries that we've taught in and over 10,000 some people. So it's been Okay, so explain to me one thing. <laughs> Why is it that Canada gets some pretty cool Weber kettle colors and I can't get them here? Well, that, that's interesting because I can't get them either. Even <laughs> if I go out to Huntley and try to just run, run out of that place with them, I can't get them. I think it has to do with, with, with the market, right? I mean, oh, yeah. They... they here we have such a saturated market. They were an up and coming, and that was something that when they looked at the strategy of things, we could get, we could saturate. Yeah, but let's try to get some penetration. Let's give them a little more um, products because they had such a new kind of system up there. Same thing in Europe; they get the same kind of products. Um, here, I would say, you know, you're going to see a lot of fair things coming from Weber in the future, like you've always done. Yeah. Colors is always a hot topic because people here want them, and they seem to be infiltrating back down here from Dude, certain I mean, places. You can see. I mean. I, I don't know if you're on any of the, of the Weber Facebook groups. I'm sure if you are, you probably hide um, very well. Um, but you, you see some of those kettle guys. There's some beautiful colors out there. Like, I really, really want that dark charcoal gray one that you can get in uh, Canada. I almost had a dealer that was willing to sell it to me, and Weber kind of killed that deal. Uh, he, was, he was willing to ship it to me, and then he found out. The barbecue fun police got you. <laughs> exactly. I got it. I got it. We had to kill that deal real quick. But um, it, it was it was one of those things where I'm like, man, that thing just be, it's beautiful. But uh, I, I, I think there's, there's not much else that screams real barbecue, or at least uh, the thought of barbecue, than that Weber kettle. That 22-inch Weber kettle 
is just, I think everyone in their head just like goes, oh my god, that's... That's barbecue. It's or amazing. That, that's yeah. home, right? I mean, that's 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 the iconic. It's been around since 1952. I mean, that's you ask my daughters; they're four and six, and they'll tell you the same thing. What's your favorite grill? It's, it's a red kettle. kettle. It's a it's red kettle. kettle. <laughs> you know, I mean, but it's cool. I mean, when you see all the great like the Facebook groups, I mean, the grill giants. Brandon does a tremendous job with them um, through social media and and the collectors. And I'm a big fan of those guys that do that. Yeah. And I've got some old 1956 ones. Jim Stephen gave me one that was his out of his backyard. It was a gas kettle. So we've got some fair older stuff in there, and I think there's something to be said about that iconic grill that, you know, I was just watching, I forgot, Fever Pitch, I think, the other day, and they were cooking on one in the, in the park. Like, it's amazing yes. when you see all these things show up where you're like, man, and that, I think it just invigorates you to want to cook more. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I just think, I think everyone, like, when they see that kettle, they're like, yeah, that's that's a Weber kettle. You can't really... You can't really stray. Yeah, yeah, you can't be like, no, that's not a Kim Weber cow. Like, yeah, there doesn't have to be any branding even on it. You're just like, that's a Weber cow. <laughs> so. I think it became, it, became, it became so synonymous even early on in my career at Weber. It was so synonymous that even if people didn't have a Weber, they would still call it a Weber, especially around here because they just, oh, like, I got a Weber. Absolutely. Oh, it's, it's, it's four years old. How many burners? It's five burners. Well, I never made a five burner grill, but I, <laughs> they're still claiming it's a Weber. Okay, fine, it's a Weber. It's a Weber. It, I promise you it's a Weber. It may not say Weber on it, but it's a <laughs> In my mind, it is a Weber. I, it's because I think the brand became so so strong, especially um, up in northern Illinois, because obviously it's from here. Um, you guys started in, or the the uh, offices are in Palatine. You guys have a um, a warehouse and a build plant out in Huntley, um, which I pass at every single day of my life, um, and see the Weber brand every single day of my life. But it's which not is a, inspiring. Which it's is not, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. Don't get me wrong. But it, it, it's uh, it's one of those things where I think the brand is so strong here that people just kind of associate barbecue with Weber. Like, oh, what are you? Oh, what are you guys going to do? Okay, we're going to do this. Oh, what kind of grill should I get? I should get a Weber. Yep. Like it, it's not even like. Why waste my time with anything else? I might as well just get a Weber. Yeah. And, and we talked a little bit about, you know, when you look at quality of things and how well those are built. Like I mean, it's one of those passed down grills. Yeah. Like, I will pass a couple of mine down to my girls because they will last that long. And there's oh, something yeah. to be said about that, right? Absolutely. I mean, my parents have one from, I think it's like the 80s. Nice. And it's still going. Like, the thing, I just re I just redid the whole thing for them because. It's very nice of you. You know, they were like, well, let's clean it all out and, like, redo all that. And my dad's like, do you think we need to get a new one? I'm like, this is rock solid. Like, it's not uh, – yeah, there was a burner that we had to replace. Yeah, that's going to happen. Yep. <laughs> it's going to happen. A lot time. of high heat. But that means you were using it, which is a good yeah, thing. Yeah, so, I mean, you replace the grates, get new clean – you know, after after about five, ten years, you probably want to get some new grates. Uh, <laughs> Depending on how much you cook. You want to get some new grates, so I did that for them. And then, like uh, – Right now, my sister actually has my uh, one of my Weber kettles that's hanging out at her house because we have enough grills. <laughs> and she she didn't they didn't have it they like they they kind of had a, a little cheapo grill and they were like, well, we want something a little bit bigger. I'm like, why don't I just donate mine to you? Yeah, like, very nice. You can borrow it for a little bit. You are a great son yeah. and a great brother. I'll See, tell I, you that. I try. So so they're they're playing with that, and I mean that kettle. I mean that kettle's probably. Six or seven years old already, but it it looks brand new. I mean, there's nothing 
nothing wrong with they, it. They last. They I mean, last you know, forever. The nice, with our family, I think I'm up to about 57 girls right now. Yeah, that's a problem. 54. It, it, it could be a problem, but you know what? Like, when you look at... My wife has I don't know how many pairs of shoes and outfits I mean, right? and clothes. Hey, it's 2019. There's equal opportunity for That's everybody out there. For. I'm taking the backyard space. <laughs> but it got to the point with, with with having a sister that was here, my brother's here, my parents' house. My brother's got a place in Indianapolis. I just got tired of lugging things. So then I just started You start moving stuff. Oh, that, absolutely. And that, that's my thing is uh, my family likes to invite me over to barbecue. For sure. They're smart. But here's the thing. They don't bring anything to the barbecue. I bring it all. They call me five minutes before I'm leaving, and they're like, hey, we don't have charcoal. Can you grab a bag for your yeah, No problem. We got you. I got you. So it's like you bring everything. So it's at, at, at some point, it's just like you're putting stock at, at people's houses. I'm making my life easier. You don't have point. to make You're absolutely life. right. But it's kind of like you, 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 you're absolutely right. When I look at my family, everybody has a role, right? So like, hey Kevin, we're gonna have people over. Which translation can you cook? Exactly. And then, okay, now everybody's kind of getting in the role where we have. I'll do the majority of cooking. My sister will bring the wine. My brother might bring the, my wine. Everybody brings a side. Now all of a sudden, you got you got your your. You just gotta start placing people and give them roles, and after that, everything else is everything easy. else is golden. Yeah, absolutely. It. That is a huge thing. Now, um, with what you're doing with with Weber, you're doing a lot of classes. You guys. Um, how many classes do you guys offer right now in the Chicagoland area? Well, when you when you look at our restaurants, they offer I think about two classes a month. So they're okay. pushing about between the Grill Academy that they just put into Schaumburg's location. Oh, yeah, that's right. Schaumburg just got that one because I uh, when we were uh, down downtown, they were talking about that it was going to start going in, yep. and it it hadn't yet. But that was that was a few months ago. So that's in there, and then we have. St. Louis that has the same kind of Grill Academy concept that's built in down there. So they're pushing like two, I think, or three classes a month, which is that's pretty awesome. good for them. Yep. And then that, you take on what they're doing and also um, how what we're doing, teaching around the world and everything else like that. We're trying to pump up as much as that uh, that education is you can get to people because there's so many, so much misinformation and like didn't give you the full picture that what we're trying to do is fill in all those gaps and really break down a lot of those myths of barbecue and then try to make it easier for What people would you say is one of the most commonly asked questions? If you, like, somebody that's coming to you that's saying, hey, Kevin, listen, I've been cooking for five years, but you're two, three years in my backyard, whatever, but I, I can't nail. What's the what's the meat that everyone wants to nail? I think when, when you look at barbecue, it's such Besides a... Besides brisket it, being king. Br- brisket is king. <laughs> so then it's like, oh boy, how much time do you have? Like the TSA agent stopped the line in College Station so I could talk with him 10 minutes. And his supervisor comes over like, Danny, come on, let the guy through. Like, we got to get the line moving. Uh, brisket's always one. I think, you know what it is, is steaks, burgers, I think pe- people pretty much have um, those things down. You can fine-tune a little bit of that quality of beef where they're buying it. Yeah, but absolutely. brisket, ribs, shoulder, the mains of really what, like... See what when I get that question asked when they're like, "Listen, I want to start smoking. I want to start doing barbecue. What should I start with?" The first thing I always tell them, I go, "Listen, go get yourself some pork shoulders and beat those up for a little bit." A, you're you're not paying a ton of money for, for them. Sure, you can abuse them. Let's be honest. You can abuse a shoulder and you can still eat that thing. You can still be a hero because you got some insulation you on the outside. Just pull it away and get to the middle. You can you can abuse a shoulder. I mean, like, I, I the first few shoulders I cooked, I definitely abused them. And they still came out relatively edible. And then you start to learn, okay, listen, I want to make this bark. I want to do that. I want to do that. But I feel like a lot of people are starting with that because they're starting to learn it. Yep. 
And then, like you said, ribs. Ribs are a hard one. I think I think ribs is still one of those things that people, no matter how many times you do it, if you don't watch that rib, man, it's easy to overcook. But it, it's it's to your point, it's a challenge. Like when we break down barbecue, I like to call it my four pillars. Under four pillars, give me a good pit. Give me good meat. Where are you sourcing it from? Are you buying it from the same place every time so you know it's cooking somewhat the same? Similar. Seasoning, what's the rub you're using? How are you using it? And then finally, the fourth is your methodology. And if you start breaking some of those categories down into the subs, you got, okay, I'm using a WSM or I'm using whatever grill you are. What kind of fuel are you putting in? What kind of wood are you using? What kind of temperature are you cooking at? All right, now let's move. And are, are you kind of consi- – and, and that's a big thing is the consistency. Big time. Are you, are you staying at 225, 250? Or are you are you deciding that you know today we're going to cook at two seventy five and then you can't figure out why you burned up faster? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think the pit consistency and getting to know know your pit and getting to learn your cooker. It's something I've always talked about: is learn your cooker. Each cooker has a mind of its own. I don't care if you put five WSMs right next to each other; all five have different like characters, and they're one's going to want to sit at two fifty, and then the other one's going to want to sit at two twenty five. And it's like no matter what you do, yep. that cooker's like I really like two twenty five today. And I, I don't know I, what I'm you want. sit there. And you and know I, what? Sometimes I, I'm it's just gonna do that. Yeah. Well, and, and it's one of those for 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 what I've done with Weber from helping redesign the eighteen. We went to a bigger water pan and thermometer, so the twenty two to the smoky mo- to the to the summit charcoal. I love the process more than anything else because I might cook something at two seventy five. Just so I understand what that looks like, because if I'm talking to somebody out there and they're saying, well, my shoulders are cooking faster, or my ribs are cooking too fast, or it's too dark, or whatever and it's else. Like, what are you cooking at? What temperature are you at? Well, I cook at 225. Well, no, it sounds like it's more 275 or 250 because it's, it's, it, you're getting the caramelization early. Yeah. Which for some people, it's fine because the earlier you get that, the earlier that bark settles, the faster it goes in the foil, and you can turn it down. So there's your balance of if you want a little bit faster of a color cook a little bit hotter at the beginning, yep. and then slow it back down. But that's where a lot of that process is how many times can you cook something so you understand where people are having those hard, hardships and then work them back and say, okay, just focus on this. Because a lot of people, they want to do, here's my pit, here's my meat, here's my seasoning, here's my, my methodology. Okay, next time I'm going to change my seasoning, I'm going to change the way I'm cooking it, and now you don't even have a baseline because now there's too many variables moving, and I think well, that's for people is simplicity. And I, I, think, I think the hard part is seasoning. I think when you start changing seasoning, you start playing into sugar content. How much sugar is in it? Is it brown sugar? Is it is it light brown sugar? Is it you know is it terminado sugar? And all those sugars kind of decide to break down at different temperatures. Sure. And if you're salting, how early are you salting? That's going to pull moisture up, or it's exactly. going to get flavor. So it's all the you know to, to your point. There's a lot of moving parts there, and if you can just stick. To one thing and lock it. We can it. get it down. Yes, you're gonna you're gonna be way. And, I'm, and I'm more on. I could care less about the meat, the seasoning, and the methodology as opposed to just get the pit started and running and consistent because everything else gets easier if Ab- that stays the same. Absolutely. Right? Oh my god, absolutely. Now, what what's your favorite pit to cook on? If you had a, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make you pick just <laughs> one. I'm not gonna let you Man. pick all of them. I'm gonna make you pick just one. If you had to say, like, let's say you're gonna go. Competition, so we're going to talk competition meat, oh, man. and you can only pick one type of smoker. That's like asking which daughter I love uh, the yeah, most, right? I, I mean, we just some days one, daddy's better, some other days kitsy, <laughs> I just love her, and then some days you're like, I can't stand any of you, I'm going to be cooking on electric, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it, to tell you, uh, 
it's one if we were competing to straight competition, it'd be a hard choice because chickens on a kettle is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Okay. You, you see, that's where I'm going. Like, if, I, if I can was, see that. Okay, if, I can if see we were that. just picking, if there was one grill that. Okay, I'll make, give you two. Okay, I'll give you two. I would say. When it comes to consistency of temperature, the Summit Charcoal would be my go-to for anything that was not really, really, really traditionally low and slow. Okay. I like the WSMs more because the heat source is so far away from the food that you're cooking. Summit so, Charcoal, a little bit closer, right? Yep. But when it comes to racking that, I mean, there's, I've got a cool picture. I have to try to find it. Um, it was 225 degrees on the therm- thermostat, and the top of the lid was covered in snow. That's how well insulated that um, summer charcoal is. So I love the fact that I can go up and down in that really quickly. That's the crazy thing about that cooker, before we squirrel off into that, but we totally will, is you can um, you can take the temperatures kind of where you want to go. If you want to go bring it down, you can bring it down. Where I'm a Kamado-style cooker, you are really – I mean, if I bring my cooker up to 400 degrees, getting it down to 250 – it's going to be some time. It's going to be some time. Yep. We're, going to, we're going to be sitting there and we're going to be closing, you know, dampers yep. off and opening and kind of trying to let some hot air out. You're getting cooler. your exercise. You're doing your oh, PX90 yeah. with, your, with your big green egg outside. Of course. I mean, you have to because, yeah, for sure. I mean, the, that ceramic just holds. But you guys did did a thing with, with that summit where it's still holding that temperature and it's still giving you that residual um heat so you can actually cook in the cold which i think that's a big big thing for a lot of people yeah. especially up here is you want to cook in the cold but you don't want to go through four bags of charcoal you're, to you're, do. yeah you're definitely looking for that consistency and for for us the easiest way to ex- explain it is you know prior to like let's say four years ago companies like yeti and arctic and yeah they, they're the double insulated tumblers and glasses weren't a big thing they weren't right? no they everything weren't was thing. out of a out of a ceramic coffee coffee mug yeah right? well after 15 minutes that thing is it's cold yeah now you put it in a tumbler that thing can sit there for 45 minutes and still be hot so that same technology that same double wall insulated with air that's what's given us that unbelievable performance yeah and then also the same kind of look and feel of what a traditional kettle is right so it's exactly. kind of that hybrid if you will it is yeah so that's why i love that girls i can go up seven eight hundred degrees i can bring it down extremely quickly it holds temperatures com- completely um nice and easy and when and when you have devices and i know we'll probably talk a little bit about it, um here in a little while but yeah. when you have the eye grill when it can, can sit there and tell me what the meat is at and it can tell me what the pit is at it makes your life so much easier to cook and i think that's where where you see barbecue going is that simplicity is making it easier for people to get into it yeah. and have success. So we get them hooked. And then all of a sudden uh, the barbecue heroin is, is running oh, then it's <laughs> now we, Yeah, now we got you. And then stick burners are starting to get thrown into places. <laughs> people are like, okay, I got to figure out how to work this. No, I, I, the stick burner, we, I was, I was playing around with one of those for a while and we got 14 stairs down to the walkout basin we have. And I tell you what, it felt like I climbed the Sears Tower and back every time I had to go down and check and add a log and do everything else. So, just, you know, just as much as I needed the ten thousand steps that day, I am not going down that road again. I mean, it, it is—it's a baby. You got to baby it. I mean, it, it's just—it is what it is. I talk to a lot of a lot of my friends are stick burners. Um, one of my buddies is a stick burner up in Connecticut. Yeah, Kev is a little bit insane, <laughs> um, and he smokes on a lane. 
Reverse flow, yeah, reverse. Not bad. But man, you're gonna you're gonna chew through some wood when it's four degrees outside. Not only going to chew through it, but you're gonna have a heck of a hard time getting it up and running. Keeping and that's that part temp- of that. Yeah. And, that, and that was like part of the reason when I was looking for a bigger pit for something like Weber. Does, Weber makes amazing backyard cookers, but when you start getting into big, big, bigger cookers and you need that space, Weber doesn't exactly. I mean, you guys just don't offer anything. Well, that's why I got to have 54 in my backyard because I just just can't get a 30,000 Buley to put out there that'll make my life easy. But but that that's one of those things. Like so, when I like when I went to the commercial side of of barbecue of of doing catering and stuff like that, I was looking at the insulation and all that stuff, and people were like, "Are you really going to pay for the insulation?" I'm like, "Yeah, because yeah, I might pay a little bit more up front, but you know what that would cost." Is going to start going down when it's four yep. degrees outside. For sure. Well, you're, you're going to get hit by that cost no matter what. And that's why yeah. when you look at wood is going to hit you, charcoal is going to hit you. Yep. And that's where, you know, the the explanation with people is like we, we have a great charcoal briquette. There's a couple of them out there. But if I can go double or triple the time on one of our briquettes than a traditional briquette. Now, is, is it I'll, double or triple? For sure. Consider, okay, so the only reason I'm asking is I was actually just having this conversation with my buddy Ben. Um Ben is uh, Grill Hop Anonymous on Instagram, guys. If you guys want to follow him, he's a fantastic human. Uh, he cooks out on, of South Bend. Out of South Bend. Yep, he's a good dude. He cooks on two WSM twenty two inch or twenty two and a half, right? Ben, if I'm wrong, yell at me later. Uh, he's got two of those still. Um, man, he's got a redhead. He's got a. He's got you know. He's got. Um, or I want to say I know he's he, got a summit charcoal. He's got a summit, and I think he has two or three kettles. I could be wrong. Mm. It could be more at this point. Uh, last time I was out there, he had about two or three of them out there, and he says the summit is by far one of his favorite grills. But we were talking about uh, the Weber charcoal. Now it's not always easy to find, but he's like, man, he's like, anytime I find it, he's like, I'm always choosing that over any other charcoal because I get. He's like, I get double the time. Good. So when you're saying triple, that's awesome. I didn't. I didn't when it comes, know. especially in the WSM, because it keeps it so nice and compact, mm-hmm. that temperature can hold. And, and you don't forget, like with most people, it's about 80 of those is going to fill a chimney versus 110, 115 of a traditional briquette. So yeah. you're using less and you're getting more. So if you were going to go tit for tat, depending on the weather and what you were cooking, the consistency of those briquettes over time is exponentially better. And when you, when you want to get, it makes barbecue easy. And that's one thing for people is if you have to constantly watch and when it's cold outside, your briquettes are running low, you didn't add enough. Now you got to start a chimney. Now you got to start messing around with it. You got to start playing with yeah, that kind of stuff. That gets, it. it gets crazy. Control all the things you can control. Where's the wood coming from? Where's the charcoal you're using? How are you using it? And then go. And the nice thing about Weber, and I do it all the time because I'm like yourself, or I might be out in the backyard having a beer or two, and it starts to rain, and I leave my bag of charcoal out there, and then the next day I go lift it up, and half of it's sitting on the ground, and I got a nice discussion with my wife about a mess outside. Oh, that's a hard The one. weatherproof bags that Weber has on theirs is phenomenal because you don't have that issue. They oh, seal are up they and, weatherproof? Yeah. That's fantastic. Because that, fantastic. That's one of the, <laughs> the worst things ever. <laughs> worst. When you pull that bag up, and you get the bag to go with you, and then you go, ah. Oh. There's a couple times you do the walk of shame, and that's one of those you're like, oh, God, no. You're like, oops. And it's wet, so now it's staining. And it's, and it's, it's, just, it's just not good for anybody involved. Sometimes the barbecue gods just don't work they just out. Don't, they just don't work it out. Happens. It happens. It happens. The worst is, like, I've had this happen. Um, I've stored my charcoal underneath, you know, in my, in my grill table, and you grab the bag, you pull, and it goes... <laughs> 
And then here's the worst part is everything's underneath the table. So you're doing like like crawl of like trying to get charcoal out. Sometimes there's there's patience lessons in all of this stuff. Just like having kids, you're just like, oh man, I, just, I don't need the patience lesson today. I, I, I no, got like, this is good. I got, I got stuff to do. Let's go. Exactly right. <laughs> but you, so you're, you're saying the kettle is your chicken. I would say the kettle's my chicken, but I think and the, then the, the, the WSM and the reason why is because we cook for so many different people from so many different organizations um, around the world and the joy that the barbecue I can produce off of WSM is just exponentially better than I would say, honestly, and it's more for them. It's not about me. Like I I don't cook for me. I cook for those people that when we bring them into a meeting and they have a a slice of brisket and although, yes, we have to stay up till three or four in the morning and the meeting starts at when they have that bite and it's the best bite of barbecue they've ever had. And you, they want to take pictures with you. It's it's a whole different game though. Everything goes out the window. You're like the three in the morning, wake up. Was worth it. That's the juice, right? Like that's that's the that's word. what you chase. Yeah, that and that's and that that's the fun hit. part is you like for us is it's the high of I'm only cooking one or two of these for the meeting. I'm not cooking six or eight. So if I make a mistake on one, I can just get a new. I can take yeah, another. Just like, like yeah, you, yeah. all your time and energy is getting put into that. But when you can do that, and the WSM has never ever ever steered me wrong. It's just one of those things that the enjoyment that people have with the food that comes off of it, just like a a, a Weber Summit charcoal. And it's just. I like that heat farther away. I can yeah. manipulate it a little bit more. I mean, that would be my. I mean, I think the WSM is probably one of the most underrated smokers out there. It really is. I think people look at it and go, eh, "It's a Weber Smoky Mountain," but that thing packs a punch. It's not like it, it's not a toy. You know what I mean? Like Completely some people look at it, and they're like, uh, you know, it's just whatever. It's like, no, no, you don't understand. That thing's gonna, that thing's gonna be a workhorse. And then some of the like aftermarket gadgets that can go onto those things, dude. It, people have done a fantastic job with it. it. You know, like just being down um, at Camp Brisket with Food Wakes, Texas, down at College Station. That was one of the things where you know we, we have. WSM's down there we talk about. There's the $30,000 Buleys. There's the Jambos. There's a myriad of the side, spot, the side box stick burners. And for some people, they really at times can't get over, like, so I have to pay $2.99 or $3.99 or $4.99 for this. Like, that's that's what I have to pay. Like, I shouldn't be paying five or six or $7,000. Like, shouldn't I have that? And it's one of those things that get good at barbecue. And if you get good enough where you need more capacity – then work your way up there. Yeah. But once they go into that taste test for lunch and it's blind and they don't know what it was cooked on, and we've set the top the last three years of the brisket the way they taste, now all of a sudden it's like, for some of them, it's like, I guess I have to get it now. It's like, oh, they're not upset, but they're like, it's almost like, I can't believe I chose the one off of this bitch, yeah, not like, these, right? What do you mean? I, what do you mean this wasn't cooked on a $7,000 jambo? It has to be. It tastes so good. Like, But that's the joys of barbecue is, you know, there's... Harry Sue says it best, and he's a really good friend, a good mentor of mine, probably one of the best when it comes to education. There's nowhere else in the world where I can play golf against Tiger Woods, against LeBron James in basketball like you can in barbecue. I can take a, a regular pit, take it to a competition, and, and compete go. against the best and still have the same chance as them. And that's the great thing about barbecue is it's so inclusive. It is, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you don't – yes, competition barbecue is becoming a more and more expensive sport, and it has as – um, as people have gotten more into it and as it's gained in popularity, you know, there's dudes out there that, that have a $150,000, you know, pull up trailer and yep. they got TVs, they got this, they got that. They, that doesn't mean they can cook better than you. That's the truth. Well, competition barbecue much different than 
what people like in the backyard, right? That's going to be a Absolutely. little bit, a little Huge bit different, different difference too. Huge difference. Um, and, and and that's that's the thing about competition is it got big. I'm, I see. I think you see some of that plateauing. I think you can tell that by the amount of barbecue shows that used to be on versus where, what has changed. What, what and a lot of that stuff, now, yeah, yeah, and a lot of that that stuff has moved. Um, but it's also given us more opportunity to talk about barbecue because at the end of the day, there's a heck of a lot more backyards in this world. Then there are competitions, competitions, right? Yeah, and that's and that's where I, I don't think we want to forget about how important those people in the backyard want to cook and want and want to be want to be one of those guys one of those days. Like yeah. I just want to cook like Kevin one day. I want to cook like Mikey. Just let me cook this brisket <laughs> one day. I just want I just want to feel like that. I just want that brisket. And, and that's part of the fun about what we get to do is inspire them to want to do that. And if we can give them products like the WSMs, that's so easy to set up and go with. Man, that's a good. That's a good. That's good living, right? So there. me and uh, me and I was, I was out, uh, went out and hung out with Ben out in South Bend, and we were cooking on the uh, WSMs. Dude, those things cook so like. I was actually shocked at how evenly they cook. Yep. Because at, at first I was like, okay, like I understood, like understand the process, understand where the fire is going, understand this, blah, 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 understand all the methods, and I was like, okay, but like I wonder if it's going to cook perfectly even. And here's a little tip: if you want to be lazy. Um, <laughs> you take foil and you wrap the water pan in foil, so then you don't have to scrape it later. It's <laughs> one way of doing it, yes, sir. That's the lazy way. The but, lazy man. Sometimes being lazy has its advantages. Yeah, but that, that's what that's what um, that's what we did. But it makes makes your life a little bit easier. But that water pan stabilizes that fire really, really nicely. It adds moisture into that into that chamber, and it holds really, really well. I mean, yes, I think the one drawback of it is it's. In the winter, it's going to eat more fuel. It just is. I mean, it's not an insulated smoker, and that's the only thing. And but you're also it's two ninety nine, and you're getting into the game, and yep. you you can produce product that is fantastic. And like you said, you you gave us a method which I'm going to let you talk about. If you want to use whole sticks into it, I'm going to like Kevin t- tell you this kind of blew my mind a little bit because I know that. Um, like when you get into stick stick burners and stuff like that, you need a lot of airflow. You need that pull, and I didn't think that the WSM would actually pull enough air. But you're saying it does. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. It's one of those like every we've been. I've been going down to Camp Brisket down at A and M for so long, and you know, five six years now sitting on panels down there. And the wood thing was always something for us that like they always made fun of us Yankees because we foiled things. And okay, now we use more butcher paper, but we do a hybrid. <laughs> And the wood thing was one of those. The Texas crop. Yeah, that's it. Like, and they would, you guys, oh, you always, you always foil. And it was like, well, I do both. We actually do three. We foil, we butcher wrap, and then we do a butcher wrap and foil, depending on how long we're going to hold for. But when the wood discussion really came up, it was working with guys like Russell Ragels out of Houston, who just cracked the top 50. But, you know, learning from him and John Brotherton and Aaron and Wayne Mueller and, and, and Brian Bracewell from Southside, the oldest place in Texas, like all these guys that we, we talk to and learn from and, and see their pits, it was like, the aromas we couldn't we couldn't lock that in for some reason. And then two years ago, I came back and I was like, I'm going to try putting logs in this thing. I really want to try cooking with whole logs, not exclusively with whole logs. Yeah, because but, I'm looking for those for flavor. Adding adding yes. the the whole log for flavor, which is much like throwing in wood chunks or wood chips. Uh, don't use wood chips because they burn up really really fast. And <laughs> they like combustion. They, they, they literally <laughs> like. I'm trying to figure out who was like we should use wood chips. I just don't see like. It doesn't give me any flavor to me because there's they just burn. Well, they combust. So, you can't get the gas out of them, and you get a lot of that crisp and other gone. things off for sure. Um, and that was one thing that we, we looked at. We 
found a place in, in Chicago at that cut Tom down at A1 cuts his 12 inch to 10 inch logs that we put those directly in the center of a WSM. We take charcoal on one side, we take charcoal on the other, we fill a full chimney up, we light that, we dump that hot charcoal on top of the wood, we let the pit come up for 30 minutes, and all of a sudden, and it's amazing how it's just like a snap of a finger that all of a sudden the, the air is that nice light bluish Blue. are clear, and you have the aromas going, and it was like, we're on to something here. Like, I'm going to try doing a couple briskets this way and see. And the aromas, the consistency, the harshness, because what we started looking at was when you look at wood chunks, not that they're bad because not everybody can find straight, straight logs wood, yeah, absolutely. that are green, um, We they were combusting too fast. So you could to combat some of that, you could put those down in the bottom of your WSM, put your dry charcoal on top, and then your hot charcoal, that'll pull some of that gas yeah. and still give you flavor. But when we put the logs in there, the flavors, the aromas, the consistency of temperature, because at a certain point, that log is going to turn into fuel Yep. because it's going to start getting to the point of charcoal, right? Start, I mean, what is charcoal? It's burnt wood that gets, you know, brought back down. Brought so, back down. We, so when we looked at that, it was like, let's, let's try doing this and let's try doing this. And all of a sudden, the flavor, the aromas, the quality of barbecue got exponentially better. So when you look at... The charcoal briquettes for us, at a certain point, once it's wrapped, it's really not doing anything except for just a heat source. And that's it's why not, it's exactly. There, right? it's, that's and that's what I think some people don't understand is a meat only takes smoke for so long. Like I, I can't quite grasp the uh, people that do the minion method and then they add chunks at the end. Like yeah, that's for the smoky flavor. <laughs> well, your meat is past the temperature of taking smoke. Wire. It's just, just a particulate now. I mean, you're, you're basically literally just, it, it's in your head. It has to be. Well, you know it, I mean? it, it, and it's, and it's, so when you look at foil, I like people get into beginner, intermediate folk doing brisket, doing things that have a lot of time investment. I like foil because it speeds up the process. It pretty much is going to guarantee you something that's tender. But to your point, the guys that are throwing wood in there, the fun thing to do about cooking a brisket and putting foil in it, you can see if you have a dirty fire or not. Because the moment that that thing gets wrapped and you take it off and it has... And it's black. Or it, has a, it, ain't, it ain't clean, it ain't that, that silver color, you can tell you've been burning a dirty fire. And that's one thing that people, you know, we talked a little bit about it at Camp Brisket, but for those getting into smoking, what I like to tell them is you, you take an end or close to an end or half of a... Of a um, Bathroom, uh, what is it, toilet paper? Yeah. Put that on your smoky mountain or your, or your smoker at the beginning when you first get it going. And you see how dark that is. Then, 20 minutes later, put another roll on there. And you can definitely see the color between the two. And visually, for a lot of people, it makes it help, a lot of It's yes, easier. It's yes. Because you don't see, see it. it. You don't know what to look for and what you're looking at. But yeah. when you do those two things, all of a sudden, it's like, that's harsh. That's what you don't like. And this is what you need it to look like. And I think a lot of people who cook and say they don't like barbecue... Is because they've eaten food off dirty smoke yep, for sure. or off off very harsh smoke, yep. and they're like it just tastes smoky. It tastes good barbecue shouldn't taste super smoky for sure. It shouldn't be like oh I just literally ate you know a, I shouldn't a, be burping it up two hours later. And if I am, then that just takes that place off my list of places to eat. Yeah, it now. you know what I mean. It's one of those things where like we did a we just did a um, a pop up and we were. We, we did ribs at it, which was kind of insane. But uh, <laughs> it was a lot of work. It yes. was a lot of work. And one of the guys came up and he's like, dude, he's like, your ribs are smoke flavored, but they don't taste like smoke. And I'm like, I don't understand. 
And he's like, they don't taste like what I make in the backyard. And I'm like, well, I'm like, you have that nice clean fire, you know what I mean? And I'll sit and I'll talk to anybody for God knows long, how long until my business partner is like, hey, the lines getting backed up. <laughs> well, you need to start working, bro. Yourself back to work. <laughs> like, you can talk, but work. And, you know, he's like, he's like, they just don't taste that way. And I'm like, how clean is your fire? How clean is that smoke? And he's like, uh, I don't know. It's white. It's pillowing. Yeah. That's not your friend. No. Not, not good. Not yet. Let it, <laughs> Let it go a little bit. Well, and that's why when we talk, like, I like that first pillar of learn how to set your pit up the right yep. way. Because that pretty much sets the tone for everything else. We were flying down to Houston for Camp Brisket and our flight attendant, he had, he's had his WSM for, I think, like, Six or nine months, and I spent twenty five minutes on the flight with him, explaining like, to him, like, trying to, like, yeah, no, I just want to watch my movie, but no, no, let's keep talking. Let's, get, okay, we got it, we got it, and that's where when you can get people locked into the how to set the fire the right way, yeah. get it going, get it the right way, then everything else kind of starts to fall into place for them. But if you try to explain a bunch of different things to folk to that point, they're, they're going to get lost. For it's sure. just like, oh my god, like there's so much. There's so much more into this. And it's like, oh, God, that's way too much. And you know, and you know, Mikey, that there's no way <laughs> that that person tells you they cook it a certain way and they're getting the results. No, no, that's not what I do. No, you're not giving me the full picture now because if I ask you enough questions, you're going to get... And you start, you have to, it's almost like, it's almost like teaching like third graders because you got to ask them the sure. questions because they're, they're prepared to answer X, Y, and Z so that they, they look... Super knowledgeable. You're the, fe- you're the Federal Bureau of Barbecue Investigation, yeah, you right? I mean, <laughs> you know what's going on. You're on the stand now because yeah. that's not what you're doing. Because if you were, you wouldn't I, I be need, doing I that. need a little bit more information <laughs> from you. Now, I feel like I'm being. Now, are you are, are you sure it's clean smoke? Yeah. And I, I don't know whoever invented like soaking your chunks of wood. Don't don't do that either. They're not really going to take. Mean, I can see. You know, sometimes with they, chips, I can see you I can soak see a little chips. bit. But like chunks, I mean, because you want those not to combust so fast, right? If you're using a gas smoker, I mean, there's times, and we did it what five years ago, maybe four years, as my brain, um, as I continue to get older, time, time, at least it's the things that really don't matter. But we did briskets for um, an executive retreat that we we were we were hosting, and 22 out of 23 people preferred the smoke I got off of the gas grill versus the one that I went off of the charcoal grill. Now, do you think it's because it was burning cleaner? I, I don't think it, the, the methodologies are pretty much the same. I just okay. think, I, I don't know if it was the consistency of the gas grill versus the charcoal grill fluctuating. One was That's what I was going to say. Less. I don't know. know, but when it came down to taste, they gravitated a little, and it might have been less of the smoke, which is what they might have been like, and that yeah. might be why pellets are such a hot, hot thing the time, right now because yeah. you're not getting that, like, True smoke, you're getting some, but not enough. But well, I mean, like, look, look at it, look at it in a way. Look at it, look at the size of a pellet. Look at the size of a stick. One's got to create more, right? Little big. It's kind of like me and you. Little, little big, little, little big, little big. Little big. Yeah, it's got to, it's got to create some. There's got to be a difference. Yep. You know, there's a reason why you know Aaron Franklin down there in Texas didn't, you know, transfer all of his pits to pellet cookers. He get a hell of a lot more sleep. I guarantee it. Probably make a little bit more money too because he wouldn't be buying all the cords of wood. But yeah, but I mean that's you know, not how they've done it in Texas, and they do what they do because that's what they do. Because that's what they do, and they and I think I think barbecue is is it's kind of the American food, and we you, we talked a little bit before the podcast. We you were talking about um, some teams out of Australia and some stuff that's going on in Australia and and what Weber's doing in Australia, and you guys are in the UK and doing all that, and you get to kind of see that firsthand, which is fantastic. Now. 
in the last five years, I mean, it's exploded outside the U.S. What is your, what would you say is the, the most difficult thing to teach outside the U.S.? Because I know, like, meat is a bit, is a hard one, considering just, just recently, um, I think a lot of the, the butchers are finally starting to understand what they, like, what people are asking yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was, like, a very big thing. I know when I talked to a lot of my Australian teams, they were like, we just can't get the briskets the size that you guys get them. Or yeah. we can't get, you know, the pork ribs aren't cut the same way because yeah. they weren't used to it. And now the butchers are kind of... And it, and it depends on you, where you're at. I mean, there's times when I was in Chile, I found certified Angus beef briskets. I found Smithfield spare ribs there. So it, it, it's situational. I think for, for most for most folk, you got to decide, are you cooking backyard barbecue or are you cooking competition, competition right? Because that's where... It, it's one of those going around the world. You know, proteins are always going to be the, the protein, I think, as, a, as, a, as a, a culture here in the U.S. I think that... Barbecue is our cuisine, if you will. I think that's what we're known for. I think that's what America, for. like if you understand I think that's American a cuisine, statement. you're, you're going to go barbecue. I think you have to. And I think what if, if we were just down in Mexico a while back judging a competition and you could taste some of the flair of barbecue in their food. You could taste some of those traditional Latin American flavors. A little I, bit more spicy. Yeah, but I wouldn't little. say, okay, that's not good barbecue because if that's what you're cooking and that's I what you have. That's great. That, that's, that's the fusion of the style coming yeah. together, right? And that's where I think for most people is if you're doing backyard barbecue, I know how to do it in the U.S. and how we do it. You might find that you don't like this, that, or the other thing, and that's okay. You As long as we're barbecuing and you're putting your flair of seasoning on it, just yeah. like with ribs. I do a two two a two one one method when I'm doing baby backs when I smoke them. I do a three two one method when I do spare ribs. Now, that's how I create my consistency. If you like yours more well done, you like them falling off the bone, which some people are sacrilegious. I, hey man, if we're all eating barbecue chicken, we're we'll winning. Like let's, we are let's, winning. Let's, let's be honest. There's some people that like if it's a fall off the bone rib, that's the best thing they've ever had. And, that's and if, okay. if it has a little bit of tug, they're like these aren't done. Because they've always eaten that fall off. But if that's what they like, but eat what you like. And if you like sauce, then put sauce on there. I mean, that's that's okay too. But the cooking of it, maintaining the fires and everything else, that's probably that's, the that's, hardest part yep. to teach. I think when you start getting to the meat science side of things and the misinformation about grass-fed versus corn-finished and what that all looks like and how they cook different and there really isn't a grading system on the grass side and what's healthier, what's not. And, you know, it's, it's one of those, there's no research that tells you either one right now. Palatability, the, gra- the the corn finished product, the grain finished is exponentially higher than the grass. So until somebody can pull research that's going to say grass is healthier than grain, there isn't any. Except for the fact you're going to find you've got some omega three and, and, and other things inside briskets and traditional beef fat that do lower some of your LDL and some other things. So there exactly, is some advantages yeah. there. Yeah, it, it's actually kind of crazy that there there is those you can't. You know, they're, they're, the omega-3s do help from the beef fat. It, it's insane. There really is. There is a little bit of research there. And that's where you got to look at what how, what people are cooking, how are they cooking, what's the products that they're getting yeah. in because those things cook differently. And then once you get exposed to all that stuff, it makes it much easier to try to help people, right? And I think, you know, teaching classes in over 15 different countries now um, – a lot of them want to gravitate towards that traditional American barbecue because that's that what they, that's that's what they know. But some of the places, you just can't find certain ingredients. Like you go to Chile, 
they don't have kosher salt for whatever reason. It's you impossible. Can't get, kosher can't get it. Salt. So that changes some of the recipes. It changes the rubs on what you're doing because you just can't find that nice flaky salt that works much better in brisket than or beef ribs and other things. So it's adjusting that and then trying to fine tune that into now, how to do things. Let me, I'm going to ask you this weird question: Do you find yourself having to change a little bit of your cooking method due to where you are in the world, in the sense of um, elevation? And all that. Do you, do you have to, do you ever like, kind of like maybe the first time you were cooking in the mountains, you were like, oh shit, listen, this is not combusting the same way as yeah, it yeah. did in the backyard. Well, and, and that's where you take into, and, and I love the process of the cook. It's like me versus, it's the battle, right? I'm yeah. taking on the WSM again. Yeah. You know I'm going to break you. You're not going to break I, I'm me. I'm going to so win. We're gonna, <laughs> just understand that now. But it's, you know, all the times of it being cold, it being windy. Um, elevation does definitely throw something into it. Chile yeah. is one of those places that is challenged cooking in Colorado. Another thing, and that's where your your methodology changes a little bit, right? Because like, Chile, I mean, you're up, you're 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 way higher. You're in, higher up, in and so elevation. when I do my WSM, I have a quarter inch, quarter inch, quarter inches on the bottom dampers, and halfway on the top, and that's my intake. And that's where if I need more juice, I can get more. And yep. If I need less, I can drop it down a little bit. I try not to, but if I'm going to higher elevation, I'm a, it's, it's cleaner air. I need to open up. The bottoms, but I'm not one of these guys that like. Well, let me adjust the bottom ones. Let me adjust the top one. No, like I want to try to keep my methodology as consistent as, as consistent possible, as possible. Yeah, because I don't want to throw the whole process off, and all of a sudden it's like brisket's not cooking fast enough. It's cooking too fast. It's getting burned. The fire's not burning equally around. Yeah. And so that's some of the stuff that like if I can keep that methodology, the pit solid, I can adjust for all the other stuff later on. Now, do you add fuel throughout? In your in your WSM or, or just one and done? I'm a, I'm one of those guys that the 18 makes it a little bit challenging because it's, it's a little a, bit it's, it's, it's not a smoke control bowl as yeah. the water pan right. The 22 has the uh, 18 and a half inch lid as its water pan, so you got a little bit. The 22's got a nice opening, maybe like what 12, 16 inches yeah. of oxygen moving around there. Where the 18, you might have two or three between where the bowl sits and your charcoal. Yeah. So if it's a really cold day, you might have to look at that 18. After twelve or fourteen or sixteen hours, and say, you know what, it might be—I I might have to add this add, in add because of how cold. With the twenty-two, I never run out of fuel because it's one of those things that I just—it's a big I, enough—it's yeah. a big enough vessel. I don't ever want to run out because the moment you start having to light chimneys and try to get the fire back up and try now to now you're starting dust, to move temps. You're, you're, sure. you're definitely starting to kind of play. And at that point, it, you're better off. And at times, it might be sacrilegious, but if I only have an hour or two left of a cook and I'm running close to running out of fuel. Just go throw it in your oven at 225. And just let it because go. Because all that charcoal is is just a heat source at that point, yeah. right? Because Especially if you're already wrapped and you're, all, all, you're, you're pulling. I mean. Trust me, things can go wrong. You go to take the brisket off, all of a sudden it falls on the ground, moisture spills out, grease happens, it starts a fire. Like all these things. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of moving parts when you have to start putting things back into yep. it. Where sometimes it's just easier, like it can be sacrilegious, but if you're just getting into it. And you're starting to run out, or you're starting to have issues. There's, you're not getting any smoke flavor once it's wrapped anyway. No. It's just a fuel source, and don't screw up the whole cook just for that last hour, thirty, you know, thirty minutes. For that because, last thirty yeah, minutes, yeah, you're absolutely. so close, and then you just. And I, that's why I was asking if, if you ever find that you're running out of, of charcoal, just because the 18 is a little bit smaller. So I know that um, the 22. I mean, you can, but it eats more can, fuel. So it eats a little more fuel. That, that's the 18 is so compact. I find it at times a little bit harder to get it up to temperature because it's so nice and oxygen deprived because of how close things sit. 
that once I lock it, do that thing. It just goes. It goes. The 22, because you have more room of air moving around there. Can you guys make a 14, too? Yeah, the 14's phenomenal. That's great for tailgating. It, is it? How much fuel can you really pack into that thing? I mean, enough to cook a pork butt. Okay. So, and you have to remember, it's not so much how much fuel. It has to do with the capacity of the unit and how much it's going to eat up. Because that's another thing yeah. for people is they're like, well, how much fuel can I put in a 22? I could put 40 pounds of charcoal in a 22 and a half inch smoker. That doesn't mean you're going to do it. I'm not going to use it. And it's only going to burn as hot as the amount of oxygen that's inside of it, right? Exactly. So, 14 works works pretty good. I might have I might have a guy that might have one that you might be able to play around with if you'd like. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm close. I know you, the smoke you, signals you, finally you got know, to me. You know some people. <laughs> I, no, I, the 14 is really cool, but I just, I just didn't know... How it would di- like differentiate from the the eighteen to the twenty two? Just because it's more, it it's more so like the eighteen smaller. because it has more of that bowl that sits closer to okay. the to the bottom of um, where your charcoal sits. But when it comes to the ease of use, consistency, would you say they all kind of cook pretty similar? Which is I'd fantastic. say the fourteen and eighteen cook similar. I think the twenty two just because you have a little more oxygen, you get a little you bit more. adjust a little bit more. One of the coolest things that I've ever seen was actually on an eight or on a I think it was on a twenty two, is they they use the um, the pizza kind of like the pizza um, oven. oven attachment on onto one and they took the water pan out and they just let that thing get hot. And then just threw pizzas in it and made it like a pizza oven and it was one of the coolest things I think it, I've ever the, seen. The WSM is such a cool like unit because of the way that it stacks vertically. I've mean, yeah. seen people do that, doing chili on those things. I mean, you look at the drums, and drums have gotten really, really, really popular, especially in the competition side. I feel like a drum is kind of a ripoff a little bit. I'm not going to – I'm not saying they're not – I'm saying everybody has their They're similar. But the WSM can run very similar to a drum because you can hang stuff in the WSM. Yeah. It doesn't have the straight – Lid and doesn't have the exhaust, but it's running. It's very similar to what a drum has. I've cooked yeah. without water pans inside of our our WSMs just to understand what that process is. So, I mean, there's so many different ways to skin getting good barbecue. Yeah. Again, it goes back to how much time are you going to spend with? How the, much time the, do you want to do it? How much do you want to baby it? How much do you want to really? How much do you want to be like Mike? I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the most important thing. Yeah, no, but it's true. How much do you want to baby that that meat? How much do you want to baby that ingredient to to get your product? Yep. You know what I mean? A WSM, you, like you said, you kind of set it and you, kinda, you can almost forget it. And I, w- I was at the point, like, with my kettle when I was smoking on just a kettle, I could, I, could, I could set it and almost forget it for quite a bit. And then you'd have to go play with dampers a little bit and yep. add a little bit of fuel. And, and the reason you're adding fuel is because I was obviously going all the way to the right side or I'd, I'd split it, you know, and then put my meat down yep. the center. But it was like you could only put so much charcoal there before you got to start adding. You got to start adding. Yeah. I think you know, and that's the thing about the WSM. Like our next door neighbors, um, they they used they get used to me bringing them barbecue. So Joe was like, "Hey, I'm, I want to I want to get a WSM for Thanksgiving." And the, he it was his first time they've ever smoked a turkey, and it came out phenomenal. He's like. Oh. This guy gets so much confidence, which I was so proud of him. I'm like, my next door neighbor, I want to give you a high five. Thank you. Christmas Day, he, he did his first brisket, and it came out ex- actually pretty good. So that's where you look at someone that's never cooked barbecue And that's a lot life. harder. Brisket and turkey? Yes, turkey can dry out. Don't get me wrong, but if you put enough butter into it, you'll be fine. We're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. drinking up beer, right? We're just drinking up beer. It's fine. Two reasons why we drink when we barbecue. Yeah. Either to celebrate or forget. It, t- it tastes good. Just keep going. But brisket... I mean, you can mess up a brisket, and that can get expensive. Not only expensive, but it's 
Some of that's a hit to the ego too, where you spent all this time and all of a sudden it just wasn't what you wanted. Spent eighteen that, hours. That hurts. Hour. That hurts more than like I don't get if it's not that good, but you start that's where and you're like, oh, this is this is shoe leather. This, 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 this is, is going to be bad. This is not going to be good, and that's where you love the, the ease of use of that smoker because for somebody that's never done it before. Yep. That decided on the week I'm gonna make a Thanksgiving. Brisket. I'm going to do a turkey and I'm going to do a brisket and was able to to get some pretty solid results. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the kind of community we want to build a barbecue is keep it easy so people can keep trying. And that, I think that's what people are, you know, that's what they're doing. That's what they're very much enjoying through Weber. Um, you guys put out the uh, the summit, like you were saying. Uh, that came out, was that three or four years ago now? I think about two and change. I think it was about two Almost years three? at this time. Yeah. Almost three probably okay. at this time, yeah. Because I, I, remember, I remember going to a release party of it up at Backyard Barbecue up at Dan's mm-hmm. place. Um and we got to got to cook on it and got to play with it and it was like, you know, the shiny new toy. And um, you guys put out two different models, right? You guys put out a gas There's 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 one in the cart and then there's one there's one with a table and yeah. there's one that's not. They both that, have the exactly. gas ignition. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, they both have the gas ignition. Yep. Which I thought was pretty cool. The gas ignition kinda makes your life a little bit easier sometimes. Gas ignition does make your life easier. Turn it on, turn it on, let go. started faster. But turn I'm on. still one of those I like using a chimney. Just because I have placement of where I can put stuff inside. I love my chimney. I mean, I use my chimney on my stick. <laughs> it's one of those tools, like, when people ask, what is your favorite or what's your go-to, like, you got to have. The $20 chimney. <laughs> I'll like, tell you what, your life is easier when you have the chimney. If you don't have the chimney, I mean, it just becomes it, it, painful. It, it's, I mean, it's such a simplistic it, – it's literally – I mean, it's it's one of the most simplistic things you could probably put together. And it's like it makes your life so much easier. You you start that chimney, get those coals going, pour over, and like you said, you can you can put those briquettes where you want them, yep. and that makes your life a little. And bit that's easier. where when you look at people, if you want to get them in the barbecue or get them down that path, it's some of those simple things that just make your life easier. Yeah, that slow it down as opposed to barbecue. It being so fast because now I got to light charcoal, now I got to dump it, now I got to get all this stuff together. Like you got to. Get it to the point where we can slow them down, where they're thinking more in methodical steps as opposed to, like, this is just going to be this overwhelming process. And right? I think a lot of people will buy cookers, and then they get overwhelmed. They're like, oh, I really, really want this. I really, really want this. And they start cooking, and then they're like, I have no idea what I'm doing, and I'm halfway through my cook. <laughs> and you're like, uh... Alexa, I need some help with this. Yeah. How do I finish what I'm doing? Exactly. And then they're like, um... How do I save what I just threw on? And it's like, how do I not overcook chicken? <laughs> chicken how do I like, not overdo this? And my like, turkey. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's people coming over to eat, and it's like, I really don't want to burn this. Oh. And it, it's getting those steps and knowing knowing how to use that cooker and, and making sure that the cooker is easy to use. Yep. Now, when you guys are developing something, how much of that kind of goes into your in, into the product? Well, the, 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 the cool adventure that I've been on at Weber, I first started Eric Slosser, who was the head R&D engineer way back in the day. He's the one that came up with the WSM, first Genesis gas grill, crazy German mind that could just piece things together. It's, it, 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 it makes sense. If you're working on one, go to another, come back to this. I mean, to work with him for five or six years like I was able to do was phenomenal. His wife, Edna, was the head chef at our R&D lab for like 30-some years, and that's who originally taught me how to cook to test, okay. not to cook for flavor. So she was getting out of her end of the career. I was like, mine started taking off because okay. I learned the foundation of From like, her, yeah. 
this is how we test the grill. So a lot of that stuff when we look at it is you got to test it to make sure it's operating. Are we getting the same results that we're used to? And then you can start putting some other things in. So when it's always fun to get, I always say it's like my, um, when, they, when I get a new product in the backyard where I'm testing something, it's like marriage, right? First year of marriage is easy, man. It's it like, works. Everybody, it's great. Everybody's in love. And then you hit 366 days. You're like, what just happened? This is not what I signed up for. Your shoes are not supposed to be. Yeah. I call it. You leave your stuff all there's rub on the countertops and on the floor and you don't vacuum and blah. Like, oh God, this You're is like, not. Wait, wait, yesterday we were good. Yesterday. What happened? Yeah. So, so. There's too many beer bottles in the garbage. You're like, oh boy, this is not what I signed up for. And that's where, like, I want to get to the heartbeat of a new product that way because you want to get past, like, the joys of, I got something new in the backyard, I'm cooking, and it's and great. The, and I want to get to the heartbeat, right? I right? want to get to actually doing what it's supposed to be doing. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's where the testing of things and all different types of environments and the food you cook and all the other cool yeah. things, that's part of the journey of getting that product. And that's what I love about Weber so much is we spend so much time on that to get almost a foolproof product for people that when they go to cook a steak today and 10 years from now, it's the same steak, right? Yeah. At least I, I like to explain Weber being the perfect marriage of love similar, and science, yeah, right? similar steak. The, 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 the science of it we take care of, now you get to the art form, right? And that's what I love about owning a Weber is we've got the science that's consistent. Now you perfect the art form. You paint that brisket. that Any way you want to do it. Yeah. The sauce, the seasoning, yeah. anything you want. And that's the fun part about what we chase is we chase that best grill for somebody in the backyard, and we've been doing it for so long, and it's just a joy to. I mean, to be you able guys to have are that you guys are in a lot of backyards. Let's be honest, Weber's in a ton of backyards. Well, we, we like that. We like it, that. No, it's fantastic, and you guys make a killer product. You know that if you invest into a Weber kettle, it's going to last. It's not going to be a, a seasoned grill. Yep. You know what I mean? And when I say a seasoned grill, not a seasoned like well seasoned grill. I mean like. I get it in the spring, I throw it out in the fall, and then I buy another grill. And there's people that do that because yep. they buy different product grills or they buy a very, very inexpensive grill, and it burns through. Yep. You know what I mean? It, it rusts out, it burns through, and they just buy a new grill yep. every, well, every you, year. I think you'd rather have, and, and that's, I think, the... The, the joy of a Weber is there is an expectation that it isn't just going to be a seasonal grill. It's going to exactly. be something that you're almost at a certain point going to call it a, an extension of your family and probably give it a name because it's been around so long that I mean, there's so many people that give that give Weber names. I mean, like I, I a lot of my friends, you know, if they have a if they have a nice red red Weber, they call it the redhead. They yep. call it this. They call it that. They get their own. They get their own personalities too. It's like me and her arguing today. <laughs> We're not, having not seeing eye to eye right now. I don't know what your problem is, but we need to tone it down a little bit. We had we had a good weekend. Monday Monday's cooking and, and all of well. a sudden, what happened? Like, did I not treat you right the last time? Did like I not some, clean you out enough? What something happened, happened right? And That's then you exactly have right. no idea what's going on. But I think that that Weber Weber has always been that consistent product. And you guys, you guys make a really good product. It's it's very easy to use. Um, when you guys made, you know, like the, the 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 upgrades to the kettle, being you know like the ash tool, and the, it's like yep. little stupid things that you don't even think of that make your life easy. Well, that's what you're trying to do, right? Take all those pain points and try to get some get, give consumers a product that is going to make it easier for them to yeah. use, clean out, and et cetera, and not have it this big, long, drawn-out process, which I think that sometimes turns people off, right? It def- I think it definitely does. And then pr- plus, 
I think Weber's always been a very fair price point. Um, there's nothing really, there's nothing in the Weber line that I could say that is, is overpriced. It's always been a fair price point to what you're getting. Yep. And I think that's that's what consumers love. Is you're not? I mean, a WSM with the twenty two and a half is what two ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. You're you are right because the eighteen I think is two ninety nine. Um, I mean that's you're getting into like and that has two racks. You can smoke. You can put a lot of food on that. You can push a lot of weight on there. And if you get an extension rack, you can drop three briskets. You can drop eighty pounds of shoulder if you wanted to. So that's for most people, they're not they're not getting into that. You know, like but that's a lot of food. Well, if you're good at it, like you and my, you and me are, I mean, you need you need you, that's a lot. You're not feeding one mouth. Yeah, but I mean, that's still like, and for the the space that a that a 22 inch WSM takes up, I mean, that's packing a pretty big punch for sure for for square footage. Yep. You got you know you got guys out there that you know maybe you live in um, you know uh, townhouse or you know condo unit or something like that. Those are the smokers that people are going to go to yep. because. The square footage isn't there, and it's just easier. Our first place was a townhouse, and I had four WSMs out back because that's how I used to smoke all the shoulder for a company. company um, like summer, we'd have a bar yeah, yeah. and we'd do like 80, 180 pounds, 200 pounds of shoulder, and that's what I would have out there just because of the space. I could still push the weight, but it didn't have all but the you didn't footprint. But you didn't have to have the huge footprint, yep. which is – I mean that's what I think what is great about them. Totally. And they're light. Like, ask Kerry Sue. He'll tell you he brings them to competitions. And, I mean. Trust me, I'm good about that. In and out is easy. He, that, that's the beautiful thing about it. Is oh, there light? You can throw them in the back of a pickup truck and you're good to go. As opposed to some of the other stuff that you get on the rig. And, and trust me, I, we've competed at a ton of different world championships and had a blast with a lot of people. And everybody does it their different way. And. You know, the nice thing is I can get one of those WSMs and a kettle and walk into a competition and have just the same chance of winning as somebody else. And there's exactly. people like Harry that, that have that, won that do. all over the place, <laughs> right? And, that's, and that just shows you it's partly the cook, it's partly the device, and partly your, the way that you're and a lot, cooking, right? I think a lot of it has to do with the guy that's cooking it. You know For what sure. I mean? Because if, if you're putting in that tender love and care into it, it's going to come into the product. Yeah. Now, is there anything you can tell us that's coming out, out, out down the road with Weber that, that we can talk about? Uh, not really, because because there's always that wrap there's up. always that red tape. The, the, the uh, barbecue fun police that will come out, but I, <laughs> but I will say this: um, the barbecue world is is ever changing, and there's a lot Absolutely. of great things that are going on out here. And working for Weber for so long, I haven't been this excited about the stuff that's coming that's down coming down the line. That's really going to be awesome for. Any kind of person grilling, and, and it's and it's a really exciting time for the company because we have so much cool stuff that people are thinking about and doing. That it's like at times I'm like I don't want to hear anything else because I can't even talk about it. I just have to keep quiet until whatever comes out or it doesn't. So just be ready for what's to come because you can refer back to this podcast three, four, five, six years down the line and be like, yep, 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 that, that was true. Exciting things coming. <laughs> Kevin told us <laughs> we just wouldn't tell us what it was. Um, we are. Uh, Weber did uh, become a prize provider for us, um, guys. We are going to be giving away a uh, um, a. My, why did my brain just 
go out a um i grill too and i grill too thank you thank you very much kevin and i grill too so uh check out the instagram um as th- these podcasts come out on thursday if you're listening to it later than that day uh friday the the competition will start um it'll it'll be a cool thing we're going to be giving it away uh weber is the prize provider so it, it's going to be pretty cool it, there'll be some rules and it'll all be on the instagram so check that out um but we're going to be giving that away so you guys can keep keep temp Check all that kind of stuff with the eye grill too. That gives you four prongs, correct? Am I am I wrong? So you can add on two. It gives you, I believe, it gives two you two comes with it. You get an ambient one. You can one. add it, add two. You can right? add two. So you you can, can also have an ambient one that keeps track of the which is fantastic. The unit. I, I I highly recommend doing an ambient one. Um, I know some people are like, well, then I lose like. A port, and like, yeah, but then you know your pit temperature. So, well, and it's one of those like with with most things that I cook, I highly it's a challenge because if I'm doing, let's say, a turkey, if I put a probe in one side and probe in on the other side, unless they're in the same spot in the same place, that turkey one's cooking a little bit faster or slower than the other one. It's just so it's and and at the end of the day, I like the ambient one in the grill because sometimes that can be a little different than the one that's in the lid. You get you get that you get the great temp. Right? Correct. I mean, some people don't realize the grate is quite lower than than that than that than that other uh than that other temp, you know what I mean? Yep. And um it, it's just a little bit different. Yep. It it gives you a different temperature and there's meat right next to it too. So sometimes you throw a shoulder on that's, you know, maybe it's only 50 degrees because he pulled it out of the you know refrigerator and he threw it right on and it, it's it's going to change that pit temp a little bit it's going to change that air temperature it's going to start cooling stuff down it's going gonna, it's gonna to make it a little different right. so that's why I like using the ambient I'm yeah the ambient the ambient's a huge thing and um, it, it the WSMs make do, do they do it on the 18 or the the, the, grommet. the yeah the, yeah where you can put yeah. the the you can right through this, you don't have to go underneath exactly. the like we used to have to do yet. Yeah, which makes your life so much easier. Because then you also <laughs> Extremely don't have to, much easier. You don't have to, like, you're not going through wires. Because, I mean, those... Used, and they don't get crimped when you put the That's what I'm just saying. Yeah. You used to eat wires just... Yep. Just crimping them up. And eventually those wires go out. I mean, that's they have to. Yep. So, um, but now now with that little little grommet, you can go through it and make makes your life super, super easy. Um I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast, hanging out with us, chatting barbecue. Uh, normally, what we like to do is we like to end the podcast this way: if you can, go, if you could go back to the beginning of your grilling career and give yourself three tips to help speed up your curve, what would those three tips be? Oof. It's a harsh one. To speed up my curve, your learning curve. Oh man! Well. I would say, it, you know, it's challenging. I remember the first time I cooked, and it was not cooked, but my dad had a kettle in his backyard. I remember that as five, and he would always be the one that's cooking. I think if to speed up my acclimation would have been this. I'm colorblind, so it was really hard for me to tell when things were done. So I know. <laughs> I mean, it was like it was that, like, that's a big one. Yeah, that's not fair. <laughs> it wasn't fair. I was like, I can't even tell when something rare, not rare, whatever. I would say understanding. I call it the three T's: temperature, time, technique. And understanding what temperature am I cooking at, how long is something on the grill, and what's the technique, meaning direct or indirect. If I have those three T's, it sets you up for success because we know how long things cook. So it would have been spend more time, have a solid meat thermometer, understand the temperature, time, and technique. And I probably would have spent a little more time with my dad. (laughs) 
<laughs> just because some of the things he taught me were the wrong things, and I would have probably been faster. Like, well, that's not what he had told me. But the most important thing he taught me was making sure you own a Weber. So it was. I think it's it's the passing of the torch, and I'm a little bit more cognizant of that with my girls, where. I want them this season with me. I want them to cook with me. I want them to be way more part see, of that process. See all that, all the yeah, yeah, all, the, all those up. things. Um, just because I wish I would have spent more time paying attention to that stuff with my dad. How he was lighting charcoal and the way he was using his kettle. Because to us, it was just dinner, right? But now with my girls, it's a totally it's like, different. It's not. You guys are snobs, and you're four and six. Like it's not the way it's supposed to work, you know? Uh, that uh, so I got a guy got a little one, and I'm. I'm my wife's terrified of her as as soon as she gets old enough to go like to friends' houses, and she's waiting for like the phone calls. That's like, well, that's not how my dad does it. <laughs> well, you know or what? The cookers that are in my dad's backyard don't look like that. We, we get that all the time. Even my daughter Maddie, like her teacher at school, is just like. Well, Maddie, can you ask your dad how I'm supposed to do this this week? And I, eventually, she's going to tell her. But I, I look forward to those days because I, I didn't necessarily have it. But that's what makes barbecue so cool is having two girls now. Yeah. That I, we're not going to have another kid, so I'm not going to have a son to pass it to. And it's great that so they're going to get them. And I haven't pushed them into it. I haven't made but them. They, like, they love it. They just my my six year old Maddie. She has a tongue. If I make brisket rubs, she can tell me if it's too sweet, too salty. My sauces, my other rubs that we make, she is directly in tune to like playing golden tea with me and then tasting some seasoning. Me like, no, daddy, we need to do something to it. So it's really cool how we've not forced it on them, but they but just they're, want, they're into yeah, it. they want to be around it. I mean, I, we got the eighteen month old. She's she's nineteen months, uh, and she's the taste tester at the end. It, it's are the ribs good? Here's some ribs. Yeah, and if she tastes them and likes them, then they're good ribs. And don't get me, dude, <laughs> kids are honest. Don't, they're not going to lie to you. They are honest. There's been times where she's pulled, you know, she's pulled stuff, and I'm like, try this. She'll try it, and she, like, spits it out, and I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> Deflection. Well, we've done better other days. Yeah, that's why it's, like I said, two reasons we drink when we barbecue. One to celebrate the food we cooked, or the other and one just to forget. Drink to forget that bad meal, we move on to the next day. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. If you can do me a favor, can you just say where everyone can follow Weber's journey on the internet? So if you, you guys can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you can follow me at Kevin Coleman at Kevin Coleman's Backyard on Facebook. Um, answer questions all over the place when we're when we're barbecuing in the backyard. Um, spend a lot of time listening to your podcast with you guys. And um, the great part about the world of social media is it brings more of us together, which makes it easier for all you guys to learn how to barbecue. Fantastic. Thank you so much.